we're talking about we are worshipers. And this is something we do. And, and we worshipers are challenged to appreciate, to have gratitude for, to be thankful. There's a man and he had walked into a church and he heard someone whisper, Psst, I like your tie. Man looks around, doesn't see anyone. He's like, okay, that's a little odd. Psst, that color looks really nice on you. He asked the attendant, he's like, excuse me, but are you speaking with me? And the guest services attendant rolls, rolls his eyes and says, no, sorry about that. The mints, they're complimentary. I know, it was bad. I'm talking about appreciation, right? I, I'm talking about gratitude. I'm talking about a deep, focused appreciation, not just how we look today. And you look good. A worth focus. That's what I'm talking about. We worshipers are challenged to appreciate a worth focused, a perspective. That means that we intellectually see the worth, and for that we appreciate. Since I know he is God... I choose to elevate him, right? Yes. Appreciate. In how I live my life and how I share about God to others. When I talk about worship, I'm talking about engaging our hearts. Roy T. Bennett, he said this. Pursue what captures your heart. Not what captures your eyes. That's good, right? Pursue what captures your heart, not what captures your eyes. There's an old story about a man who dreamed that an angel escorted him to a church one Sunday. And, and there he saw the keyboard musician playing vigorously. And the praise team was singing and musicians playing their instruments with gusto, but the man heard no sound. The congregation was singing, but the sound was utterly muted. And when the minister rose to speak, his lips moved, but there was no volume. And in amazement, the man turned to the escort or to the angel, and he asked for an explanation. And, and the angel said this, this is the way it sounds to us in heaven. You hear nothing because there's nothing to hear. These people are engaged in a form of worship, but their thoughts are on other things and their hearts are far away. See, I think that's the next part about us being worshipers, that we need to be authentic. We need to be genuine. Don't they say that one of the biggest stones people throw at churches is all the hypocrites? The truth is we are broken. We're all fallen. We're all in need of a savior. And I think more than ever as worshipers, we need to be genuine. We need to be appreciative. Right? We need to be authentic. It's our challenge. The combination of gratitude and our demonstration. Worship, that it's, it's moving your life towards God when it was focused on other things. Have you ever been there? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you been there? Yes. Right? We know who we are. 
We know what we've done, where we've been, what we need. We know that. And, 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 and here, a, a sign of a true worshiper is one that simply says, I'm turning from my old ways to a new way. Now, there's a biblical term for that, isn't there? Repentance, right? Repentance. We turn towards God. That's the Bible term, repentance. Many people put that in as a, oh, that you say you're sorry. No, that's, that's actually a force of will. It's a, I'm turning my life towards God. Now, there might be that conversion, right? There might be that moment where you, where you say, God, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for what I've done and all that. That might be a part of it, yes. But repentance is simply saying, I turn towards God. Now, you, what's amazing to me is that other scripture found in James, right? That, that says that if we turn ourselves towards God, that God will be found, I you need a scripture. Okay, fine. James 4, 8. Come close to God. Watch this. Promise time. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, right? A chain. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and world. He's basically saying this is the human condition. You know something is there. You know that God is there and, and that there's something about that. But the human condition is that we turn our lives away from God. What a promise. No matter your place, isn't that amazing? That no matter your place, God will come close to you. Right? All right, so in our opening scripture... Jesus is having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. So I'm going to bring this, uh, our opening scripture in and give you a little bit of context. And he's, he actually is imposing on her. He's sitting there at the well and walks up and says, hey, you. That's a different version. <laughs> Translation. He's like, hey, you, can you give me some water? Now, I'm sure there's many people in this room that have some thoughts on that. We're not going to unpack those at this moment, but understand those thoughts are there, okay? Do you mind if you give me some water? Now, imagine that this from a normal stranger would be odd, right? But let me tell you what Ayrton might see. Ayrton sees another believer in Yahweh or Jehovah who thinks they're better than her sect of believers. Because she's a Samaritan, he's a Jew, right? So she sees, in fact, they don't know the name of God yet, by the way, in the story, in the narrative. They don't know the name of God. So they just call him Yahweh, like a classification of like, right? That's, that's simply what it is. Nobody is using the name of God, which is... A powerful thing. All right. So what happens is he begins a conversation with her about water that she can drink and it will never cause her to be thirsty again. So not only is she imposing, being imposed upon by someone from a different sect, right? A different, different believers but also he starts talking about seemingly nonsense. 
Now we know, coming from this angle, we know that he is using what was brought them together for a very spiritual, renewing experience. We know that he had the words to life, that, that he had something so good that would sweeten life, that would bring peace into life, that would bring hope into life, that would, right? We know that that's the messages that he had. So here we are. He then shares truth. Jesus is basically revealing his godhood to her. He's letting her know. She has God's attention at that visit. And he can fulfill her troubled life. And, and see, she had a lot of broken relationships. She needed inner healing. She had been rejected by five different husbands. If you've ever gone through a divorce or know of somebody who's gone through a divorce, everybody loses out in the divorce. So she went through five of them. And then he said, by the way, on top of it, you're in an illicit relationship. In other words, you're not committed to each other. And you know what would happen back in that day? Back in that day, there was a lot of scrutiny as well. So this was the truth portion of the conversation. Now, I want you to know that our truth is this, is that God is God and we are not. Right? We are fallen we're broken, we're in need of healing, of wholeness, which only God can do. And then after Jesus offers this woman truth and spiritual renewal, we see our opening scripture. He says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, we worshipers are challenged to worship in spirit and in truth in this time. This is the portion of scripture, and the time is now. It's not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's now. And God will come closer to us, right? Carl Barth wrote this. She said, he said this, Christian worship is the most momentous, the most urgent, the most glorious action that can take place in human life. Hmm. Let me step out of the story of one person's testimony just for a second and say this. Worship is the only thing that you can give back to God that he did not give you. He gave my breath. He gave my great looks. <laughs> right, honey? Right? He gave my voice. He gave my talents. 
He gave me the ability to make money, right? He gave me the ability to visioneer, right? All of that stuff. But the only thing that I can give him back that he hasn't given me is my worship. That's how important our worshiper, a worshiper is. We worshipers want also others to know the great story of God. See, we worshipers pay attention to God-inspired happenings, right? We worshipers celebrate conversions of faith. We worshipers demonstrate devotion when it isn't always popular. We worshipers follow God's movement in the moment. We worshipers want others to worship authentically too. See, a worshiper can start anytime. You know, if this is the first time that you've come to grips with this great story of God's redemptive plan for mankind, for you, you can respond today. You can raise your hands. You can surrender your own ways for God's desire for his creation. All right. Let me tell you the rest of the story about the woman at the well. So the woman at the well, after she has this encounter with Jesus, she goes and she tells her sect of believers, the Samaritans. She goes and she tells, hey, this person knew things about me that nobody else knew. He is the Christ. And they're like, let's go. Let's check him out. So they come. And I'm in verse 39 of chapter 4. And he says, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard it for ourselves now we know that he is indeed, watch this, the savior of the world. Now, I, I don't know where you're at in your life and what's going on. I, I couldn't tell you, but I know that God does. And, and I know that you've come looking for, maybe, maybe you've had something taken from you. Maybe, maybe you need some wholeness filled in. I want you to know that God can do that. You know what? Maybe, maybe you are sick, spiritually sick, maybe, maybe physically sick. I want you to know that God is a healer as well. That's what he does. I mean, you, you saw some of the pictures. No, they didn't have video cameras back there. But it, it, it shares the stories of what God would do. And, and doesn't it make sense that wherever God is, wouldn't things that we can't explain happen? See, when God comes into our life and he has shown that he's already done that, but when he comes into our life as a personal savior, he begins to bring wholeness, healing, hope. Hope when there's all this despair. He brings liberty. Maybe you've been trapped in something. Maybe, maybe you've had 
been lost and you felt like there's no value, I want you to know that he sees your worth as well. Martin Luther said this, the most acceptable service we can do and show unto God and which alone he desires of us is that he be praised by us. See, we worshipers want others to know God and become worshipers themselves. God has a spiritual experience, renewal experience for you today. The time is coming, John 4, 24. The time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. He wants to fill you with his spirit, right? Spirit and in truth. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to bring wholeness to you. He wants to remove the stain of sin for your lives. And we know how that is, right? 1 John 1, 9 says, ask and he will give you forgiveness, right? That he's faithful to forgive. But removing the stain of sin is done through baptism, isn't it? We happen to have a baptistry. I usually liken it to this. It's like a cup full of mud, a glass cup. And when you repent, turn your life towards God, say you're sorry, ask for forgiveness as he is the forgiver of all sins. That's like pouring out the cup, the mud. But it's still stained with the effects of sin on your life, right? So that's when you put it in the dishwasher and you throw into some cascade which I would call the name of Jesus, right? Because we're not saved by anything other than the name of Jesus. Why? Because he died on the cross for us, right? And you put the cascade into the dishwasher and you press the little button, and I don't quite know where it is because, well, don't ask my wife about that, but then after a little bit, you take it out and it's crystal clear. That's what baptism does. Now, I know some of you theologians, you want some scripture for that. And I'm with you. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Acts 22, verse 16. Baptize for the washing away of your sins. Oh, I'm sorry. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Baptism doth save us so that we have a clean conscience before God. This is so amazing about God that literally he chooses not to see the accusations against us anymore. Isn't that amazing? The God who knows everything chooses to not see the things and the accusations that are against us, and that is what sin is. And then take the cup out, it's empty. God says he wants to fill it. Right? He does. And he wants to fill it. And here's the reason why he fills it. One, because the spirit of God does all this healing and power and all that stuff. And you become witnesses of the transformed life and all that stuff. But the reason why is so that you won't have to fall in bondage again. 
right? Because where his spirit is, right, lives are changed and they're freed and they cannot be held by anything that the Satan or demons or sin can do. Isn't that amazing? And then you become a nice, cool drink for everybody else. You like that? Just kidding. That's not biblical, but that's just not. I don't know. So, but it makes sense. Why don't you stand with me? Today, here, the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. I want to invite you to talk to the Lord. See, he died on the cross and he rose again for us to be free. For us to have wholeness and healing in our life. Now, why? Because that's what God does. And what we do is we worship. our worship we're challenged for appreciation be authentic do it in spirit and truth to know the story of God to know God and help others to become worshipers themselves so in our tradition we invite people to come to the altar and pray we invite people to pray at their seats but we take a little bit of time of reflection if you're interested in receiving God's spirit, come and talk to us. We'll pray with you. If you're interested in being baptized today, come and talk to us. We'll get you baptized. But I want you to know that there's wholeness. There's healing that God has for you. So can I pray with you one more time? And then I just want to open up this altar. And if you'd like to come and talk to the Lord, or if you want to be prayed for, we'll pray for you. Let's do this. Precious Father, I thank you for these fine, fine people. Lord Jesus, you know all of our stories. And Lord, we want our stories to interact with your story. We want this to be the change. We want worship to change. And I pray, God, for your help and your hope, Lord God, to just fill this room, fill our lives. Lord God, we're so grateful for you. In the precious and holy name of Jesus.